everyone. Here with our third podcast, this is Valerie Williams, Managing Partner of Converge Firm. We're so excited today to talk about diversity recruiting versus inclusive hiring. We have to, have to, have to talk about this topic. In all the years that I've been doing talent, diversity, equity, and inclusion work, the number one question that we still keep getting, where do I find diverse talent? Okay. It's literally the number one question that we still continue to get. So for me, that's a reminder. Organizations are not thinking holistically about talent. So I'm so excited to have with me today, Alex Spiva from my team. She is a wonderful, wonderful addition to Converge. She's been with Converge almost since the beginning, a year and a half, and she manages our workforce inclusion. And so Today, what we're going to talk about with, with recruiting and uh, inclusive hiring really leads into her over 15 years of experience working at, you know, various tech organizations, LinkedIn, Airbnb, Facebook. She's, she's pretty much an OG at this talent game in tech. And I, want, I was so excited to invite her to this conversation to start dispelling some of these myths around inclusive hiring and to provide real tips and tools for organizations to, again, think holistically about workforce inclusion, holistically around talent, and not just where do we find the most diverse talent. So Alex, thank you for being here. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks, Val. I'm doing good. I'm excited. I'm excited to start this conversation because to your point, there's been so much chatter around diversity recruiting being, where do we go to find all the Black and Latinx talent? And it's so much deeper than that. So hopefully today we'll be able to share more with everyone around what what diversity recruiting really means and um, what it doesn't mean. Well, let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. I, I, I would love to hear from your perspective, the difference between what we're calling diversity recruiting and what we call inclusive hiring. Yeah. So a lot of, you know, as we're saying, a lot of folks, a lot of tech organizations, and frankly, across industries, we're really talking a lot around how do we diversify our our workforce, right? Like how do we, how do we bring in more talent that is not traditional talent or what these tech organizations have known to be traditional talent? And so there's this concept of like, let's pipeline, let's get more Black people and Latinx folks at the top of the funnel. And sure, that's a lot of effort around diversity recruiting. Inclusive hiring sets the tone for being able to bring diverse candidates through the pipeline. So what I mean by that is inclusive hiring is the infrastructure and how we think about hiring. So anywhere from pipelining all the way through how we're making our offer. So in between those... in that funnel, and if we really look at a funnel analysis and we look at like maybe there's seven stages in that funnel, you have to make sure that even though you're diversifying the top of the funnel, that you're looking at how many candidates you're talking to in the in the recruiter screen. How many people are you talking to in the hiring manager screen? How many people are you actually bringing into the interview process? So the hope is that the effort that you're putting at the top of the funnel, the diversity recruiting is being trickled all the way through the pipeline. That's called inclusive hiring. That means that we're setting our infrastructure up in a way to mitigate bias 
we're setting our infrastructure up to really look at how are we how are we being more inclusive in the questions that we're asking how are we standardizing and really optimizing to be able to hire diverse talent so diversity recruiting think of it very very simply around diversifying the pipeline itself looking at the top of the funnel and then inclusive hiring is being able to have the true mechanics to bring inclusion all the way through each part of the funnel Love, 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 love that. It's so critical. It's so true. And I think what we're seeing and what we're hearing with our peers that are out there in the marketplace and looking for jobs is, is that they can sniff out when a recruiting team is, is focused on one thing or the, the other, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's been such a push for talent, especially in this last year for, for diversity uh, in recruiting and for people that are out in the market trying to find a job, you can talk to those recruiters that are very performative. They can't talk about DEI objectives for their company. They can't answer the hard questions about DEI, right? And so we can sniff that out in the recruiting process. So it's so, so uh, critical that an organization can think holistically around all of these concepts that you're talking. So I, I appreciate you on that. You do a lot of coaching for our clients on um, inclusive hiring. And I know we have a sort of framework, a categories of how we think about inclusive hiring. You want to talk through your framework for inclusive hiring and the components of inclusive hiring? Yeah, absolutely. So what I find is that there are really six categories that we think about when we're, when we're building our inclusive hiring framework. It's how we're setting goals how we're thinking about our talent discovery, which is pipeline partners, our sourcing methodology, our funnel analysis, which, which I, I led into at the top of the conversation, our interview training, and then how do we build a diverse interview slate, right? And so within these categories, the very first step is what are we trying to achieve? So how do we set those hiring goals? What does that really mean? And not just like from a... Uh, quantifiable perspective, but like qualifying, how do we qualify talent? Where do we go to go get the talent, right? And then the talent discovery, the pipeline partners, I really believe partnering with organizations, nonprofits, orgs that already have a pipeline of talent, we should really be utilizing and partnering with them. It just makes it more seamless around just already having the talent available to us. And then sourcing methodologies, like when you're going on LinkedIn, when you're using all these various tools, what is your thought process walking into being able to source that talent? How are you putting in your keywords? Is your in-mail as you're like sending out however many in-mails, all the sourcers, shout out to sourcers that do all the like grind work, yeah. but like what are you doing to really invite the diverse talent into the conversation. So to your point earlier around like mission values, are you speaking to those things, right? And how does it just become very specific instead of so one off? I'm sorry, it's very specific instead of just a blanket email to mm. every, every candidate, right? And then the other piece is the funnel analysis, pipelining, really looking, looking, allowing data to really drive 
okay, how are we performing in our funnel, right? So we know that we, we know that it's going to take interviewing 20 people for the sake of making numbers easy. It's gonna, we're gonna need 20 people to interview in order to hire one because you're gonna find that people are gonna fall throughout the funnel, right? They may not pass the hiring manager screen. They may not pass your recruiter screen. They may not pass the technical assessment if there is one, you know, if this is like Eng or, or our product or any other team of that sort. So you have to really be make it a conscious effort to look at the data across each part of that funnel. So that's really your funnel analysis. And this one's my favorite, the interview training. Interview training is so key. We're talking about hiring manager training. We're talking about recruiter training. This should be an ongoing basis. This is not something that just stops once a year, right? It's like once a quarter, when we find what are some best practices um, what are some things that are that will enhance the way that we interview and the way that we bring in talent? We really need to be looking at that interview training. And then lastly, it's like building a diverse interview slate. So often we talk about Rooney Rule being a strategy and we think about, okay, we want to have X amount of Black talent against or Black or Latinx talent against maybe traditional talent. But realistically, we should be thinking about it on the inside of the organization. Every time folks are coming in to interview, is that slate diverse, right? Is there a certain number of women that are interviewers? Is there a certain number of, of, of Black or Latinx that are actually interviewing so that when we bring in the diverse talent, they can they can see what they need to be, right? Like they understand what that what that looks like. And so those are just kind of super high level around like areas and, and buckets of work that we want to consider. I think the other piece is, you know, just being really intentional about how we plan and how we pipeline and then just how we consider people. That's our converge model. So that's a little so framework. There's so much there. There's so many directions I want to take the conversation. I think first, like, let's talk about the Rooney Rule since that's like a very widely used tactic now that especially tech companies and other companies are thinking about. Unpack the Rooney Rule a little bit for, for, for people that may not understand what the Rooney Rule is. Yeah, so Rooney Rule was designed, initially started in the NFL, and it was designed to be able to say, in order for us to make a decision on a coach, you know, a coach for that for that team, traditionally, I guess, coaches within the NFL have all been white men. And so mm -hmm. in order for them to diversify hiring more than just a white male coach, they were very intentional about saying, okay, let's try it to where we want to bring in a diverse slate of people to interview at this last phase of interviewing. And so that's where the Rooney Rule was adopted. And tech since then has been in, you know, an industry where we have adopted uh, Rooney Rule. But unfortunately, in a lot of ways, we've kind of just left it at that. We've said like, this is our strategy. Look, we're doing Rooney Rule. We're mm -hmm. doing all the things that we said we could do to bring in diverse talent within, you know, to start diverse pipelining within request. So that's a good thing, right? But it's not the be all end all thing. It is an accountability metric. It is a way for us to hold managers, hiring managers. It is a way for us to hold recruiting partners or talent partners accountable, but it isn't a strategy. A strategy is being able to measure. A strategy is being able to shift where needed, you know, pivot where we need to, where we see some gaps, Strategy is being able to really allow the data to tell the story 
a strategy is deeper than just using one accountability metric. And unfortunately, we kind of get stuck with saying like, oh, we've got the rooting rule. Okay, we're on our, we're on a good path. And so you've started the path, but we just <laughs> to a place where we understand this a little deeper and really utilize rooting rule earlier in the funnel. That's really mm. that's my philosophy. It, it can't be at the tail end of the funnel when we're getting ready to make a hire. It has to yeah. be really, and it doesn't have to be called rooting rule, but it needs to be accountable early on. I love that. I love that. And I think, you know, Rooney Rule being an accountability metric or a function to hold an organization accountable is spot on. I think organizations need to think earlier in uh, role development and thinking about talent with identifying inclusion roles and goals earlier in mm-hmm. the pipeline. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we know that it's, it is against the law to make a decision a hiring decision based on a protected class. So we can't at the end of a hiring process Mm -hmm. say, we got to hire the woman, we got to hire the person of color. We instead, that's actually illegal, okay? Mm -hmm. What instead we got to think way earlier of how are we looking at our team and saying, what perspectives are missing? What voices are missing? And really think about role definement earlier and think about inclusive and diversity goals earlier in the process. So love that. I, I want to last question for you. I want to talk a little bit about like representation and like how long it actually takes to see shifts in organizations. I think people are like really hungry to see change now and have impact now. So just from your perspective of working in all these other organizations and with our clients of just what are your thoughts on how long it actually takes to see meaningful shifts in demographics within organizations? Mm-hmm. You know, I think we've, I think a lot of tech organizations are wanting to see these immediate, you know, shifts and changes. And really, it takes a while. It's an ongoing body of work, right? Mm-hmm. It's very much similar to any other vertical in any organization. So no one arrives to like, being a marketing guru. No one arrives. It's like Michelle Obama, right? It's like, it's becoming, it's not something that you're like, you're going to get there. It's a, it's a thing that you become and you become great at it along the way. And so diversity recruiting and inclusive hiring is being able to tweak your processes and your programs along the way and figuring out what your journey and your starting point is within your organization. Every org has a different starting point when it comes to TI. It's really around how do you identify that. So if I had to put a number on when does this actually happen, I think you could start to see some shifts in 24 months. I think it takes it takes that amount of time. Really mm-hmm. depends on, in some ways, kind of undoing some, you know, some bad habits. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you don't want to be is you don't want to be 20,000 people deep. Um, and your org is like 20,000 people. And then you look up and you're like, you know, we should really hire some diversity. You've got to think about what happens to the state of the organization at that point. You have to really unravel a lot of habits in order to get to best practices. So I really believe that you start to see some shifts, but no tech organization has nailed it. 
It's really just about celebrating the milestones. So you start to see some changes, you know, you could see some changes as early as one year, but I think it's really, you know, from 12 to 24 months where you start to see uh, major, major shifts and strides. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. When we worked together at Airbnb and recruiting, when we were making shifts, it really took us 18 months minimum to see meaningful shifts in our women population in our technical team. So it does take a long time. So everybody hang in there, but really think holistically again around inclusive hiring versus diversity recruiting. Alex, thank you so much for being here. I mean, lots of gems. I was taking notes. Um, I hope everybody was taking notes. So thank you for being here and sharing your expertise. If you haven't yet, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, check us out. For more information on how Alex can support, you know, inclusive hiring for your organization, you know, reach out to us at convergefirm.com. And, and we'll see you next time for our fourth podcast. And until then, check us out on Instagram too, Converge Firm. And that is it. Thank you. Thank you.